Well, welcome to On Point, and I'm David Peck. And we have two very special guests here with us uh, tonight to talk about, not only to talk about the Toronto International Film Festival, but to talk about their uh, fun, interesting, and I'm even going to say kind of disturbing new film, A Gaza Weekend. We have uh, director Basil Khalil and Amina Dasmal here, producer of A Gaza Weekend, to chat with us not only about the film, but hopefully about a few other issues as well. Thanks to you both for joining me on point here tonight. Thank you for having us. Yes, thanks. So, so Basil, maybe maybe uh, tell us a little bit uh, about about this story. I mean, I think providing some context for our listeners would be great. Of course, the Toronto International Film Festival, world renowned, and uh, you're you're premiering the film here for several dates uh, coming up in the not so distant future. The film, even the title, A Gaza Weekend, sort of gives me the sense that you're not taking yourselves too seriously. Could you tell us a little bit? about the context of the film without giving too much away? Well, imagine a virus that takes over a country and the borders are closed. I don't know if anyone has ever heard of such a thing. <laughs> right. This was my pitch in 2009 when I wrote 2009. the film. 2009. 2009, I had a meeting at a film festival in France, well, the Cannes Film Festival, which is famous, with a... Uh, a producer that I was trying to impress and she asked me do you have any film ideas you're working on and I had nothing so I just came up with oh well imagine uh, there's a virus in Israel and the only safe place is Gaza and um, she liked it and she said oh I need to introduce you to these people at the Sundance Film Festival they do a screenwriting lab do you have a script and I just lied and I said yes so I can get a free trip Good for you yeah yeah, um, so I had to spend the summer writing it so I can get that trip there, but it never happens. And they sent me to Jordan to a lab there, which was fantastic. And that's where the, the life of the movie started with a little lie. The, the movie started with a little lie. Now, that's, if that's not the soundbite for today's inter- interview, I don't know what is. That's, I mean, that's <laughs> fascinating. So, so, Amina, when you first heard of the film as producer, and I'm sure you had, uh, uh, I'm guessing you had a fair bit of creative input into this as well, did you... Did you, and by the way, congratulations on the film. I've seen it. It's, it's fun. It's fascinating. It's, uh, it's, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. So congratulations on that. Did you know going in that you were going to take such an, um, an irreverent approach to such a serious issue? Um, so I wasn't the producer that Barcy was trying to impress, by the way. But... <laughs> I uh, uh, thankfully am the producer that, that, that got to make this. Um, I can vouch for the, the 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 fact though that the the idea existed way back then because um, I did get the chance to meet Basel, and um, not long after that time that he'd uh, you know had this great imagining, and he told me about this idea and I was completely taken with it. I think it was so original um, that also Basel felt he wanted to go out and make something that would um, sort of tonally capture him um, as a writer-director. And and he did that with Ave Maria. And I then watched Ave Maria and again, totally taken with how um, wonderful his short film was and relieved once I got back in touch with Basel to find out that he wanted to make this film. 
so yes, I always knew how he wanted to approach this. And um, it's a huge reason as to why I wanted to make it. I feel, I think humor opens our hearts. Mm. I think it brings us closer together. I think Barcel writes um, amazing characters. He loves them so they have, and he loves their flaws as much as, you know, their strengths. Um, and I think he's always approached the project in that way. So yes, 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 yes. I yes, so you knew, so you knew to, going in. I find it fascinating that, yeah. you know, most, I would say, uh, I'm going to speak for myself. I find it very difficult and very challenging to, to sort of peel back the layers and come to understand what's really going on in the Middle East. And I know the Middle East is a very big place, but this is a very, also a very uh, specific story to not only individuals, but to, there's just, there's so much commentary here about relationships. There's commentary about family here. There's commentary mm. about love and respect and social justice and human rights. I mean, there's a lot going on in this film. Uh, so, so in this story, and I wonder to what degree it's more true than we realize. Basil, how much truth, how much, and this may not even be a fair question, but for you, how much truth, how much fact is rooted in this story? I mean, you, you've made a comedy about a border, sort of a relational border conflict between Israel and Palestine? Um, well, truth and not truth. So it's a fantasy with its feet on the ground. It doesn't, it doesn't depict maybe 5% of what's really happening in Gaza in terms of injustice, whether it's um, the blockade, um, the unfair treatment, um, and an open-air prison, but also the, the, within the society of Gaza, the injustice happening on, on you know, patriarchy and religious issues and so on. Um, so we hardly touched that. But what I wanted to do was um, bring out, bring to life a lot of characters I know, of people I know, I grew up with, of everybody's got a neighbor, an aunt, a, a cousin who who is like this or like that, one of the characters in the film. And that was um my goal into just you you know we see gaza on in in the west through only when they're dying through the news we never actually see real people we just see a news item and we move on and that dehumanizes them um and when uh, you see a husband and wife watching tv and having a little conversation and and the wife pinches his butt as a joke Everybody does that, but you never see it from Gaza, and I'm sure right. people do that. Um, but it's uh, it's all based on real people. Yeah, I think you know the your comment about if I can extend that a little bit, this idea of humanizing. I mean, it's so easy when we read about what's happening in the Ukraine, what's going on in China, Taiwan, any anywhere around the world, kind of outside of our community it's really hard to put ourselves in other people's shoes. And I think we often forget that we're dealing with families and mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and children. Amina, was that important to you, even though you wanted this, I'm, I'm guessing you were hoping for an irreverent comedic kind of take, was it still really important to you to, to root this in a sense of, um, I'm gonna say community and, 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 and relationship? Yes, very much so. And I think that was, again, always there on the page. You know, I think I knew what 
you know, Basel was reaching for creatively, um, you know, my job was to help him get it. And I don't think he ever deviated from that. And so with his um, characters, that they're so rooted um, in the world that we all can be familiar with, as Basel said. Mm. So it's this was something he was really reaching for all the time, which is essentially seeing the humanity in that through that lens, you know, they love, they fight, they cry, they go to the shops that, you know, it's like, what, what are the things that we all have commonality with, I suppose, you know, it's sort of, how does that help? Um, perhaps as you were saying, David, elevate the connection. Um, you know, it's like when you're with a child and you say, Oh, there are people going through this, as you say, it's very hard for a child to imagine and you want them to, you know, you want them to understand or have perspective of the world they live in versus perhaps someone else's. Um, and I think that's that's easier said than done. But I think, you know, what, what we did here with this film is to try and reach for that. So, yes, it's the comedy and, um, you know, we're passionate about um, making people laugh, but making people laugh with heart and the kind of and that being open to sort of connecting to things perhaps as you say that you are unaware of and have, you know therefore can get an awareness through that so um and also doing something that hasn't been done um they approach you know but definitely always with um love and care for for all the characters and all the sort of struggles and um ultimately sort of hilarious joyous moments they go through. Uh, Basil, uh, tell me more. Um, so how does the fridge play into this film as a character? I just, I find it, uh, you know, just so sort of uh, absurd in a way, the way that you brought the refrigerator into this film uh, that isn't working based on power outages. Here we are talking about a real potential for human rights issues. Did, did, did you see those connections? When, when you wrote this into the film, was this important to you to say, through this little idea, we're going to communicate a real truth on the ground? Well, it's embarrassing to say that this is such a normal thing in Gaza, the power cuts and everything that they cause, that they fry up the thermostats of fridges. And it's embarrassing that I have to make an effort to share what's available, that knowledge is available out in the public um of um you know israel bombs the power plants it doesn't allow parts for it to be fixed and the people are on rationed gas by like the one turbine that's left functioning in gaza at the mercy of israel they can stop the gas whenever they want and so the people in gaza get like four to six hours of electricity a day and it's portioned out in different neighborhoods and the fact that there is no outcry about this, like they're drip feeding them whenever they feel like it, is, is embarrassing for me as, as a person living in the UK, who's, who's also a British citizen, that, uh, you know, they would never um, sit silent if that happened in a European country. Say if it was in the Ukraine, it would be all over the news. But I wasn't um, going out and preaching it because this is what would happen in Gaza. The power cuts would happen and people were like, oh, okay, here it goes again. The power's arrived. Let's charge our phones quickly. 
Um, don't open the fridge when the power's down. Let keep the cold in there. And so a lot of people like they buy on day by day basis. They don't buy meat and freeze it a lot. Um, and this is the sad normal. Well, well you know, Basil, the well is it Waleed's comment about um, I can't remember exactly wh when it was in the film, but Michael pushes back something about pride and ego, and he says, "Pride and ego, we're busy surviving here." Like, yes. let's let's get on the same page here before we want to actually even have a conversation, you know? And I wonder to what degree the world, you know, the UN just published uh, an article recently. I've got the headline here, the Security Council saying that managing Israel-Palestine conflict is no substitute for meaningful political process. Well, I think if I was in the room and I was the student, I'd be putting up my hand saying, Okay, unpack meaningful political process. What does that actually mean? How is that going to help people on the ground? Amina, as a producer of a, of a film that's essentially this comedy, did you feel that you would be having, uh, as, as you do the festival tour, as you move towards distribution and so on, were you hoping for this kind of Q&A, this kind of meaningful dialogue? <laughs> was, that, was that hopeful? Was, was that, a, was that a, a, one of your hopes and dreams? You know, your hopes and dreams, I mean, as a producer, they're, they're very present in getting through each day. Um, <laughs> right. just, so, let's just get this film finished. Just, just like, yeah. So, you know, of course, um, you have moments of sort of uh, thinking about what the future um, may be. But I think ultimately staying with, um, the artistic vision and managing um, that and all that it takes um, of all the most brilliant, wonderful people we worked with on this and all the commitment there and how giving and um, just incredible it was through a very difficult time for all, um, you know, just to sort of get to, to the finishing line was fantastic. And now that we get to give it to an audience, is um is thrilling and ultimately of course you want everyone to love of um, course as we do but it's for them for them to 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 experience it um however it resonates with with uh, each each individual that goes to watch it Basil, are your expectations pretty high? I mean, with Toronto International Film Festival and, and just the circuit in this film, your Academy Award nomination for Ava Maria, I mean, that must have been quite something a few years back. How, how does that affect you, uh, I mean, as a writer, as a director, as you think about the way audiences are going to respond and questions that you're going to get and reviews that you're going to receive? Well, after an Oscar nomination, there's only one step up from that. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> true. You, are, you are a comedian. That's great. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but listen. Good, um, good for you, know, you and set your expectations, man. I love it. I love it. I, my expectation from this, because we shot this like three weeks before COVID shut down. We were filming what we were filming was happening during COVID. It was weird. Then we got and shut down. And let's just be clear for our listeners who may have joined Basil. This is an idea that comes out of uh, uh, back in 2009. Is that not right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Is, so we're filming hospitals, masks, hospitals, masks, buddies everywhere. And that was happening in China and Italy at the same time. So my big ambition was like, let's finish this film before they shut us down. And I didn't meet that ambition. But we managed to a whole year later to finish it. 
Um, so I've spent my ambitions. I'm very happy. Um, in fact, couldn't be happier that it's premiering Toronto because it is a very, um, I mean, the media word is diverse crowd, but for mm. me, it's a very open-minded crowd who are not going to be, um, let's say, stuffy art house audiences who overanalyze everything. They're people who just want to watch a good movie. And a lot of it's going to be, um, there's going to be a lot of Palestinians or Arabic speakers who will get a lot of humor that others won't. And this movie is made for them, for people around the world. So we were extremely happy with this. Um, I think uh, if anyone sitting in the audience will see the, the crowd reactions, we've done a few test screenings and, and we know it works. Um, and I think uh, once that happens, um, you know, it's all downhill from there. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Toronto yeah. is a stop and you work your way down. Uh, it's just, you know, <laughs> the way you've stepped into such a potentially contentious issue that could really explode is, I think it's lovely. And as you say, it's super original. Uh, can I just say that the arc welding mask was maybe one of my fa favorite parts <laughs> of the film? Like there's a lot of moments that are laugh out loud moments, but the, the welding, I used to work in construction many, many years ago. Right. You, can, you can't see anything through those masks unless you're actually, it's just hilarious that this I is- I mean, didn't they make yeah. us wear it during COVID, just a plastic sheet? That's right, yes. <laughs> point, right? It's a, it's a great parody of, of the plastic sheets and a great prophetic parody. Oh. So well, well done. Amina, we've got to wrap the, up in a couple of minutes. Sorry, yeah, go ahead, I please. Jump in because I think that's a really nice thing that you sort of you connected to something like that, you know, because of your past and your profession. And I think that says a lot about the film. I think there are so many moments like that for that wide audience. And I really do believe there's something for everyone. And it is that yeah. film that just connects you. I think I think you're right. I think there is something for everyone, and and I hope uh, I hope people love it. I hope you get a great Q and A as you do the festival circuit. And just just as we kind of wrap, uh, Basil, I was doing a bit of bit of research, and I found an uh, an interview uh, with you, I believe, and you say something to the effect of, and help me out if I get it wrong here, but the quote is, "Seeing others as equals isn't popular anymore," and I couldn't help. I saw that, of course, after I had seen the film, and I couldn't help but think, isn't this what movies, isn't this what movies and storytelling and, and narrative is really all about? It's supposed to be about getting a better understanding of my neighbor, of, the, of others. And can you, can you talk a little bit about that as we wrap up, and, and, and are you hopeful for the future? So, you know, um the fact that how a lot of people are silent and the way how Gaza is is being treated is because they don't see the people as equals, um, as deserving the freedoms. You can hop on a plane and go anywhere you want. You can drive your car to the next town. The people in Gaza don't have that freedom. They, they can't even order a PlayStation. Mm. You know, it is so shut down. Um, and the reason people are sitting silent is because they don't see them as equals. Simple as that. I am hopeful because thanks to the internet, a lot of things are being exposed. Um, a lot of uh, voices can get a platform, um, but also the forces that want to shut them up 
also are working very hard. And um, but you know what the the pendulum always swings, and it'll swings one way back, and we've seen it. The pen, the pendulum does swing. I appreciate your your positivity. I mean, Trump is the biggest uh, <laughs> evidence for that. It's it is remarkable how how stories like this can and can make a, a, a huge difference. They can plant seeds of change, and I love that. And I love that you've done it in a film that's so entertaining and fun. And and I I keep coming back to this word irreverent, but that's that's sort of what I took away from it in a sense absurd almost. And I think it's mm-hmm. it's really wonderful. Hey, just as we wrap, can you tiff dot net is where people can buy tickets. Can you tell us, uh, I hear the first showing is sold out really quickly. Uh, can you tell us about the showings coming up uh, this uh, over the next two weeks? Sure. So the first screening sold out like within a couple of hours. Fantastic. And then the second screening we have on the 13th at 6 p.m., Scotiabank downtown. And the third one is on the 17th at 7.15 p.m., also Scotiabank. I'd just like to say for all our listeners, the 17th is the day after my birthday, in case you were, in case anyone was wondering. (laughs) So listen, what a pleasure having you both on the show. The film is a Gaza weekend. We've been talking with writer, director, producer Basil Khalil and producer Amina Dasmal. Thanks so much for joining me today on the show. Thanks Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. My name's David Peck, and you've been listening to 